Episode 42, how to get proprietary deals. Welcome to the Succession Secrets Podcast, where you can grow, groom, and graduate from your business in just seven minutes a day. And now, here is your host, Steve Prada. Welcome back, Succession Seekers. This is uh, episode 42, but this is the first episode where I'm answering questions received uh, from listeners. And this question is from Marian, who lives in the Slovak Republic. And he asked, the question was, how can a financial investor access proprietary investment opportunities? It's a non-fund, no-exit financial investor. So basically, it's a long-term hold financial investor, which is kind of investing private monies. And... uh, but whatever the investor, it doesn't really mat- matter if it's a private equity investor or even if you are an investment banker, I would probably give the same advice to, to get proprietary deals. So first of all, what is a proprietary deal? Basically, a proprietary deal is, is a deal uh, which you find first, which you reach first. So uh, it's easy to define by explaining what a non-proprietary deal is. A If I'm an investor and a broker brings me a deal, that's a non-proprietary deal because that broker is probably going to shop it to other investors. So I'm just going to be competing for that piece of uh, acquisition business. And it's not enough to make a good offer. I have to beat out all other offers as well. So that's not really attractive because even if I get to buy it, I will probably overpay for it. So it makes it hard. And uh, you want a proprietary deal because you want to have uh, a bilateral relationship with the company, with the entrepreneur that whose company is you going to be buying or investing in, so that you get to sell your added value to the deal and your personality and your relationship skills, as opposed to just being a commodity, which brokers obviously would want to make you uh, become, because then it's just going to be the price that will determine who's the winner, and then you will have to overbid. So. You want to avoid becoming a commodity, so therefore you're looking for proprietary deals. And great question, Marian. And uh, it's not a quick answer, so probably this episode is going to be longer than 10 minutes. But nevertheless, uh, there are actually seven or eight aspects that I counted that I would suggest you look at. So first of all, uh, what's really important is what type of proprietary deals are you looking for? You cannot be looking for all types of deals because then... You're just going to look for a needle in a haystack. It's not going to work. So you have to really narrow down your focus. So what's the industry that you have expertise in? What is the size of deal that you uh, that is in your sweet spot? So if you have a fund, let's say you have a $50 million fund, then you will probably not be able to manage more than, the, than 10 deals typically, although some funds obviously can do more, some can do less. But on average, let's say 10 deals, which means... Your average deal size is probably $5 million. Uh, so a company that is worth $5 million, if you're looking at the five times multiple, which is the tip, you know, maybe that's kind of a, an average for, for smaller deals, then you're looking for $1 million profit or EBITDA companies. So that's one way to uh, look at it. If you have a bigger fund, you have a $500 million fund, you're going to be looking for $50 million value deals. Typically, of course, this is all just broad averages. Uh, What is the situation of the company that you're looking for? Is it a turnaround situation? Are you looking for a company that is not doing well and you can add a lot of value by restructuring the deal? Are you looking for companies that 
will be just running smoothly and you, you don't have to do anything with them. Just keep them in your portfolio or maybe connect them to your resources, your, uh, you know, let them help them make acquisitions. What is your strategy? What is the situation you're looking for? Are you looking for a 100% buyout or are you looking for a 51%, maybe something in the middle, maybe a large minority stake? So that's, again, so narrow down your, your target audience. So uh, if there are maybe, you know, 40,000 companies uh, in the U.S. of some size, if you narrow it down to the right type of companies that you're looking at, you probably can have a list of maybe 1,000 to 5,000 companies, depending on the geography that you're looking at. Uh, but I would narrow it down to maybe between 200 and 1,000. This is a number you can work with. And maybe you can start by uh, uh, isolating 200 companies that you would like to develop a relationship with. And then you can buy a list uh, based on these criteria. And there are different list brokers in the U.S. You have InfoUSA is a good one, or you can go on Capital IQ, or you can go on Dan and Bradstreet. There are many list brokers, and you basically you can do your research. You just buy the list that you isolate, uh, and then you start to develop a relationship with these people. And there are different wa ways of developing the relationship, but the first step would be to really articulate an investment story. Why are you different? Why should they talk to you? What are you going to offer them? And I would do uh, three types, three, uh, basically three. I would do a long-form explanation. I would do a short-form and a, a headline version. So you would have, let's say, a one-page positioning statement of what you would offer to that buyer or that seller. So maybe you, you offer them uh, your connections. You offer them, you put an operating partner in the business. You uh, connect them with industry insiders in other similar businesses. You put together an advisory board for them. You help them be the strategic uh, advisor. The, you know, they, they can bounce ideas off you. Whatever you can do for them, um, you can share them uh, that. So make a one-page version, make a one-paragraph version, which you can send in an email, and then make it just a headline of it so that you can reach out. You can put that headline in an email. You can put that headline in a direct mail. Uh, so, so create your story. Have it down to very concise and easily digestible formats. Then uh, go out and tell your story in the market. So go on social media, Facebook. Facebook targeting really works well because you can really slice and dice the audience that you go after. Uh, then you can do direct mail, you can do cold call, you can do direct email to your list. You can tweet out to those people that are on your list. So if you have a list of 200, you can check whether any of those business owners or CEOs are on Twitter. If they are, you can start building a relationship by responding to their tweets and, uh, and generating value for them. And after a few tweets, you can basically reach out to them and you can ask them a question or you can... You know, try to engage them in discussion. It's an effective uh, strategy. Then another strategy is, it's more of a long-term strategy, is to position yourself as a thought leader in the industry. So you can start a newsletter, you can start a blog, you can podcast. Uh, basically, you get regularly information out to the market, which you can distribute so, so, through social media, to educate the market about what you do. Be, uh, you want to become the person who is the go-to person in your industry, in your your type of investing, 
and you want the business owners to develop confidence in you that you are a knowledgeable person, you are helping others, you're sharing your knowledge, be transparent, uh, show yourself, be vulnerable with them, show, you the, show, show themselves that you're committed to this market, you're committed to your trade, you understand what you're talking about, and you are in, the, in, in it for the long term. You're not a hit-and-run type of investor. You're going to be around, you, are, you have a brand, you have a, you have a reputation, and, you, and that's going to be the guarantee for them that if you do a deal with you, then uh, you're not going to go away. You're going to be there for them. You are a reliable, integrous person, and they want to do a deal with you. So as opposed to, you know, in, in addition to writing and talking, you can go out and you talk to audiences, seek out networking groups, and uh, ask for an opportunity to speak to them and get the word out. Collect the business cards and uh, put them on an email list and then regularly follow up with these people, send you a blog note. You know, if you blog every week or every day, you can, every 10 days, you can send them the most recent blogs that were popular and let them uh, link back to it and basically build your herd the, and get out there. Another channel that you can explore for proprietary deals is intermediaries. So you can build relationships with attorneys, tax advisors, accountants, wealth managers. These are people who have a relationship with your audience, business owners. And if you build a relationship with them, if you help them generate value, then they will help you. So how can you help them generate value? You educate them of what the process is. If they have Clients, let's say, let's say uh, you talk to a wealth manager, they have a business owner client whom they manage the money for. They're going to be interested for that business owner to sell their business because then they will have most of the money flowing to their, uh, un, you know, it's going to be money under, man, under their management, hopefully. So they will be motivated to help them, uh, help them sell the business. And if they sense that you would be a worthy buyer, someone who will... Uh, will actually help them be successful with the sale um, and be a long-term partner. They're going to help you. They're going to introduce their clients to you and you will have your proprietary relationship there. The same goes with lawyers, with accountants, um, tax advisors. Often they, uh, not always, they, they will not always help you because if they feel that by allowing or helping their client to sell their business to you, uh, they might lose a client. There will not be a business to generate work for them. They might be able to work for the individual, but it may be less lucrative. So you won't always be successful, but it's definitely an avenue that some percentage of the time you will be successful. They will be motivated to help you. And if you, you are worthy, uh, a trustworthy person, if you are seen as a thought leader, they're going to look good by introducing their clients to you. So they're going to do it. And the next idea, which is really important, you have to reverse engineer your results. So let's say if you want proprietary deals, you're an investment fund, you can make two or three deals a year and you want them to be proprietary deals, then you have to figure out how many people you have to make an LOI, you have to sign an LOI with in order to get the two or three deals. So let's say, you know, you have to sign two or three LOIs for each deal means you, for two or th for three deals, you need nine LOIs. So then you can take a step back. How many uh, clients you have to make an offer to to get an LOI signed? Maybe every second offer turns into an LOI. Maybe every third offer turns into an LOI. So let's say every second offer. So you have nine LOIs, then you have to make 18 offers. 
And then the next step is how many clients you have to make a presentation about your situation in order for uh, for being able to being asked to make an offer. Maybe you know it's every second client, so maybe you need a need to talk to forty clients and make a presentation to get an offer. And in order to have forty cl uh, clients to present to, maybe you have to meet with 120 clients, which means you have to probably reach out and engage 400 prospects to get to that three deals. So if you want to engage 400 prospects in a year, you have 50 weeks, then you have to engage eight prospects a week. Uh, it means you have to essentially, with some days off, you have to engage two prospects a day. So every day, send two emails, call two people, or, or dedicate one day a week and do eight calls and send 80, uh, you know, eight or 10 emails. So that's the metrics, you know. And if you figure out what your metrics is, then it's all about working your list every day and putting the discipline in that hour. So if you need to make 10 phone calls a week, you have to make the 10 phone calls every week. It's actually even better if you do it two a day because then it's going to be easier. Making 10 phone calls is a lot of work. Making two phone calls, reaching two people, it's less work. So it's about a rhythm. You have to get into a rhythm and you have to make it a habit so that you call every day, whatever happens. You know, if, if it rains or shines, if you're working on a deal, if, you are on, if you're visiting clients, if you're traveling, you can still do that two call. And just make it a habit first thing in the morning to call two people or email two people. And soon enough, you will be building that pipeline, which will yield three proprietary deals for you. Uh, one more final thought here. Try to always be in control of the client. If you want proprietary deal, then you don't want a broker to be in control of the client. You don't want an investment banker being in control of the client. You want to be in control of the client. So you have to reach out and talk to the client directly. Uh, because this is the way to build a business. Talking to investment bankers is not, uh, it's not a business because investment bankers come and go. Uh, they have their own agenda. Yes, some people can build a business by talking to investment bankers and they can specialize on that, but then they will bring something to the investment banker. So that's a strategy that bigger investors do. They then when they have portfolio companies, they hire the same investment bankers that they expect the deal flow from, and they will let them run the process for them, and then they will be indebted to them to generate the deal flow for them. So that's another strategy. That's not the proprietary. The proprietary deal is you are in control of the client relationship. So that was a long uh, session. I hope you found it useful. Question of the day for you. How would you generate proprietary deal flow. How would you generate? So these are my ways of generating and I, I listed something like seven or eight ways of generating it. Dear succession seeker, what is your way of generating proprietary deal flow? If you would share it with us, that would be great. Uh, you can send a direct message through Facebook or you can email me at yourterms at entrepcoaches.com yourterms at entrepcoaches.com and I'm going to answer your actually you can directly email me send your email to steve at entrepcoaches.com that's the best and i will respond to you and you can ask a question like marianne did and i'm going to answer in a future podcast so you can send it to by email to steve at entrepcoaches.com 
or you can uh, tweet it to hashtag AskSuccessionSteve. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day. And remember, your succession is success. Thank you for listening to the Succession Secrets Podcast. Make sure you check out SuccessionSecrets.com for archive podcasts and transcripts and IntrepCoaches.com. That's E-N-T-R-E-P Coaches.com to download your free copy of the Your Terms newsletter.